Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I have received now, Dan, thank you, a uh, Biden crime family parody song. <laughs> and I've, I just got through watching it. Um, it's, there's a YouTube of it. It's called In the Basement with a Silver Spoon. And it is, and it is to the uh, to the melody. It's a parody song of Harry Chapin's "Cats in the Cradle," <laughs> and it is. I just watched it. It is safe for radio. I will play it <laughs> in a bit. All right. Uh, I just want to make sure because there's a last little bit. I got to. I just got to pre-clear. You know, don't want to don't want to run afoul of the of the FCC or have to dump out or anything like that. All right, so the House Oversight Committee, and I know there's a lot of folks in the media that just want this story to go away, but it's not going to go away, guys. It's not going anywhere. There's too much information from the laptop. But her emails. Yeah, it got, we got the whole laptop. We got everything. Um, and so the IRS has had, or the uh, FBI has had it as well. They did not want to share it all with the IRS that was running an investigation, criminal investigation, into just some guy at first. They didn't know who. They just ran into some guy that was apparently connected to a social media prostitution ring and oh lo and behold it turns out to be hunter biden so they start they start looking into this guy in the finances and they start seeing massive amounts of money moving through dozens of llc's and there's a guy named um byron donalds he's a congressman out of florida and I got this guy's he's impressing me. I like him a lot. He remember he was one of the guys they floated as a name for uh the Speaker of the House during that whole fight. Byron Donalds, he's a banker. That's where he comes uh, that's his expertise. And um he is interviewing or is, for his part his five minutes of time. He's talking to the two IRS whistleblowers yesterday. And he asks him a couple questions, like what prompted the investigation, rebuffed efforts to get certain things. But he knows what he's looking at. You don't have that many LLCs set up, and you don't have that kind of money moving through without any kind of you know expense reports on this stuff. You, you, no real discernible expertise of the uh, of the the businesses themselves. They're just pass through their shells. That's all. That's the point. Mr. Ziegler, you're the you are the agent that opened up this investigation. Um, from your transcript, page 17, what it, what it says is is that you were investigating a social media company, and through the process of that investigation, you found out that Hunter Biden was paying prostitutes was paying potentially for prostitutes in a potential prostitution ring. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. You also say that in the, in the beginning phases of that investigation, reviewing bank reports, that there was evidence that he was living lavishly through his corporate bank account. Is that correct? And when I say him, I mean Hunter Biden. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Question for you, um, and also for Mr. Shapley. Is it, is, it, is it a clear line of potential investigation if somebody is charging up massive living expenses through a corporate account and not doing that 
through their own personal accounts and not accounting for that properly on their income tax returns? Is that the basis of a criminal investigation? You know, generally speaking, that would definitely be factors that would spur a criminal investigation, yes. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this question. Um, let me answer this question real quick. So there was reference to the WhatsApp, a, a, the WhatsApp text message referring to, and everybody knows it now, hey, I'm sitting here on my dad, tell the chairman to give me my money because I'm, I, we remember and we're gonna, not going to forget because we're the Bidens and we have all these connections, yada, yada, yada. We all, rem we all know that text message now. Mr. Ziegler, on page 105 of your testimony, page 105, gentlemen, you state... I know we wanted to get location data because I went to the prosecutors with this and they again came back at me with, well, how do, how do we know that? He could just be lying and claiming that dad, Joe Biden now, that dad was there and dad was not there. Were you allowed to get location data dealing with the WhatsApp text message? So from from my memory of it and from the the notes that were taken i never obtained location data regarding that um message did um did did miss wolf the ausa in delaware did she say oh wow look at this text message let's figure out if let's figure out the location data and see where hunter Biden was when he sent said message was she like excited about this as a prosecutor so, I mean, when I asked her about the location data, in, in her response right here, it was her responding with, well, how do we know that? It wasn't, uh, yeah, let's try and figure that out. It was like, well, how do we know that? Well, did See, now that's important. That's important because as an investigator and a prosecutor, when you have a loose end like that, when you, okay, this text from Hunter, he's saying to the Chinese, I'm sitting here with Dad, you better give us our money. Well, how do we prove that? That his dad is actually there? Is he just flexing? The answer is you get location data. But the assistant U.S. attorney, Leslie Wolf, her response is, well, how do we know? Well, we don't know. That's why you get the location data. But there's never an explanation for why you don't pursue that. She read the text message? Because if I read that text message as a prosecutor, I'm saying, wait a minute. Dad is sitting next to him, and Dad happens to be the now president, then vice president of the United States. Shouldn't we find out where Hunter was when he sent said text message? Yes. I mean, that's, I'm not a prosecutor. I'm a finance guy, but that just seems like common sense to me. It is. Yeah, and I think with the, the previous email that was referenced, 10 held by H for the big guy, now that you have those two things kind of correlating with each other, as a normal process or procedure that we would go through, you would want to figure out, is that information truthful in that WhatsApp message? I totally agree with you, Mrs. Ziegler, which is why I think it is the, the view of members on this committee, and frankly, a lot of Americans at this point, that you, there are elements at the Department of Justice who did not want this information out, who did not want to go down the line of, process, of actually going through the evidence uh, gathering process to see the depths to which this international pay-for-play scheme was that was actually happening around Joe Biden, going through Hunter Biden, um, and all the money that the Biden family was occurring. That's not a question for you. That's just a statement from me. Uh, last question. Through your investigation, how much money did you uncover was coming from Ukraine, Romania, and China? Uh, if you hold on one second, let me reference the... Uh, 17.3 million approximately okay so 17.3 million through your investigation 
And you are, you and Mr. Shapley, you are the guys that investigate criminal tax evasion on an international scale. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, I'm going to stop him there because he then turns to the chairman, uh, James Comer, and he, uh, and he says, what have we turned up? What's our total? And Comer says, We're, we've tracked about 10 million of it. He said, but we just got the Burisma data. And so when, you, when, when they start looking at that, you're going to add that into the 10-point something that they've, already, that they've already tracked. This is only going one way, Democrats. I'm not sure, like, I know denial is sort of the first step here, but this is only going in one direction. And what Charles Grassley just released, like within the last 20 minutes, I think, the FD-1023, he declassified it with some, there's like some names redacted. The IRS investigators never saw were never told about not just they never got to see the whole laptop they got like a like they got like two or three parts of it that's it they never saw this FD1023 they were never told about this bribery connection with Burisma in Ukraine despite the fact that they're looking at it Grassley just released it and apparently Burisma paid 10 million dollars in bribes to the Biden family so that Joe Biden would make the company's legal problems in Ukraine go away that's according to the confidential human source report, the 1023 form, that the FBI tried to hide from the Senate, from Grassley. A Burisma executive said that they only hired Hunter Biden so Joe Biden would help them. The executive said at this meeting with the human source, the, the confidential source, rather, uh, the executive said Hunter Biden was, quote, stupid, and that the executive's dog, quote, was smarter than Hunter Biden. The the executive we now know, he is like, his name is what? Mikola Zlochevsky. He is the head of Burisma. Remember, Democrats in Congress impeached Donald Trump because he asked about this corruption in that phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky. They impeached him because of this. And it's true. Oh, and before I forget, have you got your ticket to the Heritage Life Skills event yet? I'll be there. The annual event is put on by Carolina Readiness Supply, and you can learn all sorts of ways to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables. I'll be there Saturday evening. Check out the schedule at carolinareadiness.com. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness can help you. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? I talked earlier about the, the parody song. I watched it to the very end, and I'm glad I did, because it was produced by another radio station in a different market. Uh, and it's a different company that owns it, and so I cannot play it. Just, I do not want corporate attorneys making phone calls <laughs> to anybody else, uh, so I cannot play it. But if you follow me on Twitter, uh, or just go look at Pete Callender, it's I just, I just retweeted it, so it is up there. It's well worth the three and a half minutes. It's a parody song based on Cats in the Cradle, uh, by uh, uh, Harry Chapin, and it's about the Biden family. And look, there is a reason why all of this evidence seems to be pointing in the direction that the Biden's been bribing and criming. You know, there's a reason why it looks like that. 
It's because it, it, that's, what, that's what they've been doing. That's it. That's why it looks like this. And the drip, 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 it's turning into a hose, right? It's turning into a fire hose. And you know, this is, you know it's turning because Democrats in the, in the House committee, uh, the Oversight Committee yesterday, had no legitimate argument to anything that these whistleblowers brought forward. They, they had no, all the, the, the most persuasive, and it's not even persuasive, the most persuasive argument that they could muster was that the investigators from the IRS, they just want to charge everything to the max, but the prosecutors have to look at other things, prosecutorial discretion. And they're like, well, Joe, or, uh, Hunter might be a sympathetic uh, defendant here, what with his brother's death and his descent into debauchery and drug abuse. And so, you know, we may not be able to secure convictions. So that's what Democrats are saying. That's the reason why they didn't charge felonies. But that doesn't explain why they stopped all of these investigative processes along the way. It doesn't explain why they said, don't search the the guest house, don't search the uh, storage shed, and don't interview any of the uh, the people uh, about dad, quote-unquote, or the big guy. In the first hour, I got a phone call. I, I think his name was Mike. And we were talking about the case here. And, uh, you know, he, he would like to see somebody get put on the record about who is the big guy. We know who the big guy is. I said this, you know, two hours ago. But we all know it is Joe Biden. We know that because Tony Bobolinsky, one of Hunter Biden's associates, told us. Right? The only way that you cannot understand this case is if you willfully remain obtuse or ignorant on it. You have to avoid the information, and you have to engage in some serious motivated reasoning. And so what happens now is at first, everybody denies. Everyone's like, oh, that's crazy. You stay away from Joe Biden. He loves his son. You know, you, that's the first thing. But as Democrats become more and more aware that this information is provable and more and more people learn about it you you start this is sort of the midpoint you start to see them change right you start to see them change first it was there's no evidence you're going after hunter to hurt his dad and all this but then of course they get the they get the plea deal so now they have to shift and now you get the irs whistleblowers and now you got people that are in doj that are trying that that are that are obviously stymieing the investigation when it gets too close to Joe. And so it's we're now at the point where they're just like, racists, you know? How dare you use that term? Two-tier justice. They've got nothing else. And when they, when they come to grips with that, that's when they cut Joe loose. And that's what Gavin Newsom is doing. He's there. He's, right, he's there as the stand-in. He's the body double. Drip, drip, drip. Couple of tweets... Pete tweets, here they come, this is from Carolina Bulldog, says, the one name woefully missing from all of this conversation the whole time is Obama. You cannot convince me he did not know about any of this. Uh, Walter says, uh, when I, because I raised the question of like, where are all the documents, where's the work product uh, that uh, Hunter Biden was engaged in? Like, all these businesses that he had, uh, doing all of this work internationally, how come there's no, off of the laptop, how come there's no work product? 
like PowerPoints or Excel spreadsheets. And Walter says, didn't Ross Perot try that? We know how that turned out. But I agree, it's pretty clear on the corruption that transpired uh, and still get elected from campaigning in the basement. Russ says, I was scanning articles about yesterday's hearing. As an expert observer of the journalisming, does it seem more headlines are written without reading the article and more headlines are written with no actual knowledge of the topic? That's a good question. So with the rise of the interweb, uh, there's like a lot of times you hear uh, reporters and they'll say, like, I wrote the article, but I don't, I'm not in charge of the headlines. And that's that 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 is the old model. You have your in the newspaper biz, right? You've got the people that are doing the headlines uh, and the reporters that do the story and you have an editor that works on both or whatever. But nowadays, a lot of this stuff is posted by the reporters themselves onto their websites. Some large operations, they do have a web staff. But yeah, I don't know how you um, I don't know how you read a report and then get the headline completely wrong unless, of course, it is intentional. And that's that I mean that that's what I tend to think that the headlines are intentionally misleading. Um, Greg says, uh, as Joe Biden would say, malarkey, not joking, malarkey. Where's the ice cream? Um, Stan says, "On uh, is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, the phrase I've been using for a decade that is now coincidentally, uh, you know, at the really at the heart of all of the uh, the Hunter Biden scandal. Um, He says, how do you know they didn't get the line from you and that they don't listen to your show? It could be that this is just another example of you being a giver. And in this instance, it reached all the way to the nation's capital. I'm not willing to rule it out, Stan. I'm not willing to rule that out. Uh, Mark says, Pete, so the IRS stumbled on Hunter Biden's activities due to their unrelated human trafficking investigation. And then Hunter is found to be shipping hookers across the country. Okay, got it. And Cats in the Cradle has perhaps the most scathing lyric for the whole Biden mess. As I hung up the phone, it occurred to me he'd grown up just like me. <laughs> you got to hear the song. <laughs> because they changed this line. Uh, as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me my boy was dumber than me. <laughs> my boy was as dumb as me. Yeah, the nut doesn't fall as uh, far from the tree there. So uh, while I've been on the air, and I'm sure uh, Brett Winterbull will be covering more of this uh, this breaking news. So the... Uh, the ranking member on Senate Judiciary, Chuck Grassley, has now released the federal form, the FD-1023, which is a it's a document that outlines when a, a, a confidential human source uh, gives a report and, th- and gives them all the information. And this is a confidential human source that has been paid a lot of money over like a decade or something. It's a trustworthy source, according to the FBI. They paid them all the money for this info over the years. And this is a four-page document that Grassley just released. There's some redactions in there. But at the heart of it is Burisma that's being investigated by uh, a, a, a prosecutor or something in Ukraine. And that guy's name is Shokin. And Burisma wants to shut that down, but they also want to be opening up essentially a... a I don't want to call it a front operation, but a front operation in America. And so how do you do that? Do you buy an existing entity? Do you start your own? 
So they have so the the source has this meeting with these with these Burisma guys, and they ask him, "Hey, do you know who's on our board?" And he's like, "No." And so they say, "Well, we got the former president or prime minister of Poland, and we got Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden." And um, they hired the guy from Poland to leverage his contacts in Europe for prospective oil and gas deals. And they hired Hunter Biden to, quote, protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. And the source says he didn't know what that meant. Um, He then asked, why would they need to get, uh, you know, why do you need my help if you already got uh, Biden, if you got Hunter on the board? And so this Burisma official replies that Hunter Biden was not smart and they wanted to get additional counsel. The group then had a general conversation about whether the purchase merger uh, with a U.S. company would be a good business option. And uh, the the source is saying that you should just buy it. Don't pay uh uh, don't try to buy a company, right? Just he says that you're going to pay twenty to thirty million to buy a U.S. company, um, and that's like that's not necessary. The, the but they said no, no, it would be good for the IPO purposes. It would be cheaper, uh, but the the source is saying it'd be cheaper just to form a new company or buy a corporate shell that was already listed on the exchange. But he said, no, Hunter Biden advised us that it could raise much more capital if Burisma purchased a larger U.S.-based business that already had a history in the U.S. oil and gas sector. And then they mentioned some U.S.-based businesses in Texas, but he doesn't remember the names. Um, But then they said it's problematic to raise capital in America if we're being investigated in Ukraine, because nobody would invest in us. So he suggested just litigate that matter in Ukraine, pay some attorney 50 grand or something. Um, And it would be best if they just go that route. The Burisma guy um, then says, well, we would, but we would probably lose that trial because they would not be able to show that we were innocent. And so that's when the that's when the. the guy from Burisma laughs at the source because the source said just pay 50 grand for a lawyer. And the Burisma guy was like, no, no, no. You got the five right, but that's it. It cost five million to pay one Biden and five million to another Biden. Oh, and also, uh, they said, don't worry. Hunter will take care of all of those issues through his dad. And then Joe Biden went to Ukraine and got Shokin kicked out. The prosecutor got him removed and then bragged about it a couple of years later. This is what we like to call evidence. Democrats, evidence. Stephen Miller, he's a writer at uh, Spectator. He says, it's amazing that the FBI had the laptop for a full year prior to the New York Post publication of their first story about the laptop when Biden had 50 intelligence officials circle a bogus letter about Russian disinformation that he cited on a debate stage, no one from the FBI stood up and said, no, that's false. They knew it was true, and no one stood to correct the record. This is from Emma Jo Morris. She testified a couple hours ago at the House hearing on censorship. She is from, oh, no, I just, oh, no. Where did it go? I just lost it. Oh, that's such a letdown. Now I'm scrolling back up through the feed to find... Okay, here it is. Thank goodness. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. Um, My name is Emma Jo Morris, uh, politics editor at Breitbart. 
Um, I'm here today because I published a series of news stories three years ago in October of 2020 about Hunter Biden's now infamous laptop, also known as the laptop from hell, uh, which is seen as some of the most scandalous reporting of the last decade. Um, what was more scandalous than the reporting itself, though, was the fact that it exposed the unholy alliance between the intelligence community, social media platforms, and legacy media outlets. At the time, I was deputy politics editor at the New York Post, and um, my reporting showed that despite then-candidates Joe Biden's repeated and furious denials, he was apparently involved in the foreign business deals of his family. Over several days, just weeks before Americans would vote for their next president, I revealed verified, authentic emails from the Biden Scions hard drive showing Ukrainian business partners receiving leaks from the Obama White House. I documented an off-the-books meeting between then-Vice President Biden and a Ukrainian energy executive. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. A Ukrainian energy executive, you say? That was not on the books? Leaks from inside the Obama White House, you say? Interesting. Oh, why would it reset? Oh, that's so stupid, Twitter. I hate you, Elon Musk. I don't Thank hate you. him, actually. Thanks Let me so skip much. ahead. He was apparently involved in there the foreign go. business deals of his Good family. Thing I'm awesome at audio. Over s several days, just weeks before Americans would vote for their next president, I revealed verified, authentic emails from the Biden Scions hard drive showing Ukrainian business partners receiving leaks from the Obama White House. I documented an off-the-books meeting between then-Vice President Biden and a Ukrainian energy executive and introduced the world to the big guy um, who got action on a deal with CEFC, China Energy Company. The Post published exactly how the material for the reporting was obtained, even identifying our sources, um, as well as a federal subpoena showing the FBI was in possession of the material the story was based on and had been since December of 2019. Um, but when the stories appeared on social media that morning, the venue where millions of Americans go to find their news and editors to get their angles, uh, within hours the reporting was censored on all major platforms on the basis of being called hacked or Russian disinformation. Um, Twitter refused to allow users to share the link to the stories, banned the links from being shared in private messages, a policy, by the way, that's used to clamp down on child porn, um, and lock the post out of its verified account. Facebook said it would curb distribution and reach of the links on its platform. However, the stories were not based on hacked materials, nor were they Russian disinformation. And despite those claims appearing to come out of thin air at the time, we would eventually learn that they actually didn't come out of thin air at all. On October 19th, five days after the post began publishing, Politico ran a story headlined, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former intel officials say. God, I can't even say that with a straight face, you know? <laughs> Politico printed a letter completely uncritically from veteran members of the U.S. intelligence community falsely claiming that the Post Exposé has, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. My God. <laughs> Most notable among the signatories of that letter were Jim Clapper from former DNI, Michael Hayden, former CIA, John Brennan, former CIA. Despite having such damaged credibility following their participation in the Russia collusion conspiracy theory, a 
few days later on October 22nd when Biden appeared in the second presidential debate and was uh, confronted with the facts of the Post reporting, he said to Trump, quote, 50 former national intelligence professionals said this, what he's accusing me of is a Russian plot. But it was not. Um, and he knew that. Now, fast forward to this year, three years later. Just last spring, House investigators revealed it was a call by now Secretary of State Antony Blinken to former acting CIA Director Michael Morell that prompted the spy letter published by Politico, which bypassed agency approval processes that would have been normally applied. It is also now known that ahead of my reporting, federal agencies were priming social media companies to execute an operation to discredit it. According to internal documents released by Elon Musk upon his acquisition of Twitter, the FBI and other intelligence community members essentially directed the platform's censorship operation in part externally by working with top management and in part internally by social media companies hiring eye-popping numbers of agency alumni. All right, like I said, there is a completely legitimate and logical reason why all of this looks like, like a crime syndicate, a crime family. It's because it is. It was influence peddling. That's what was going on. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. I'll have more highlights from this hearing today. Don't break anything while I'm gone.